0: So we are in our last and final week of our series called Squad Goals. This has been a series, maybe this is your first night here tonight, and you're like, Squad Goals, what is that? We've been talking over the last four weeks about words that are really important to our youth ministry, words that define our youth ministry. The first week we talked about this idea of know, that knowing God is the most important thing that we'll talk about on a Tuesday night, that we really want to know God, and not just know God, but that we can have a relationship with him, that we can know him, and that knowing would move us to take action, that we would do something because we know God. And in those actions, we have choices. Are we going to serve other people? Are we going to give of our time and our money and maybe our pride to put ourselves out there and serve other people? And last week, we talked about this idea of sharing, sharing our story, sharing God's story. Sharing the story of the Bible, a story that's permeated, I used that word last week, just filled with God's love for us and for your friends and for your family. And all of those words, know, act, serve, and share, all of those words come together, they culminate in in creating a space where people can learn to belong. And belong is the last word in our series. See, all of us have to fight feelings and thoughts of loneliness, insecurity, isolation, and rejection. We all get those feelings at one point or another. And one of the best ways to combat those feelings and those thoughts is to be a part of a community, a community where we can feel and know that we have a place to belong. I was thinking about this word, belong, this week, because this word's so important to me and our youth ministry, and it made me think of my time in elementary school. Now, for some of you, you haven't been out of elementary school for that long. For someone like me, <clears throat> I've been out of elementary school for a while. I graduated elementary school in 1995. Yes, thank you, leaders, for laughing. Okay, so... But the thing I thought about was grade four, grade five, grade six, and grade seven. Probably the best years of my life in school. See, in grade four, I went to a new school, and I, was, I had new classmates and a new teacher. And what happened was that class, the majority, a nucleus of that class, moved up each year. So I had almost the same classmates for grade four, grade five, grade six, and grade seven. And some of you go to smaller schools and that might happen to you. But the weird thing that happened to me was I had the same teacher for grade 4, grade 5, grade 6, and grade 7. She liked our group so much, our, our group of students, that she moved up each grade with us. And what happened was that created this sense of family as opposed to just a sense of going to school. We got to know the routines and the way that that our teacher worked. Um, We developed inside jokes. It was really more like going to be with family every day than it was to go to school. We had a lot of fun in those four years. But as I think back to those four years in elementary school, I have one memory that sticks out more than others. And it's not a class party, and it's not a field trip. It's just this one boy that was in my class and his name was Corey. And now Corey wasn't the most popular kid in our class. He talked about weird things. He told strange stories. He didn't wear the cleanest clothes. He wasn't the most hygienic. I can still picture him sitting in the corner of our class grunting and growling and getting really upset because he was frustrated about the work that we were doing in class. <clears throat> and I can still picture... Corey perfectly what he looked like and how he acted and all that stuff i remember this one day things were going like really terrible in class he wasn't having a good day and my teacher knew that it was because he forgot to take some medication that morning that really helped him at school so i remember getting called over to my teacher's desk and she said sam would you walk with Corey home to get his medication he didn't live far away And so I said, sure. It's like kind of a get-out-of-class-free card. I'll go with him. That's fine. But it seems like such a small thing that I would share this story, and this would be the story that stands out to me. But here's the thing. On our way to go to his house and back, we just talked. We talked about life. We talked about things that were going on um, in his life, in his family. He shared some of his frustrations. We just had like a real heart-to-heart kind of talk. In the classroom, we were just classmates. We weren't best friends. We didn't spend a lot of time together in class or out of class. But yet, somehow, being in that class together, being in that environment, we were, we were in a place where we, we both found a place where we belonged. And somehow, my actions and my words, the things I shared, the ways, the ways that I treated my classmates created a place and a moment for Corey to be able to be vulnerable and authentic and to talk to me. And this is the moment that sticks out about those four years. And maybe it sticks out to me because that's what I want to do for the rest of my life, is I want to be someone that people can talk to. Someone that people can be authentic and real with. And I want to be authentic and real with you guys. But as we think about our youth ministry, as we think about the people that we want to be, Right. We, we talked about some ways that we want to be defined. We talked about the fact that our squad is defined by who we know. That we're defined by who we know. That we know God and that should define us. We're defined by our actions. We're defined by our service. Last week we talked about we're defined by our message. That we get to share God's story. That we get to share our stories. And then this week we're going to talk about, and I didn't change it, we're talking about our squad is defined by our acceptance of others or creating a place where pe- people can feel accepted or they belong with the choices that they make. We are continually creating a place where people can belong with the choices that we make. And so the first point is this, getting personal. First Thessalonians 2.8 says this, So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul writes this in the Bible, and he's talking about a bunch of people that he hasn't spent a lot of time with. He's talking about people he's sharing the good news that we talked about last week. He's sharing God's story with these people. And he writes that we loved you so much, and it made me think, how much more do we care about each other? We spend every Tuesday night with each other. We see each other, we're in tribes together, we're in small groups together. Do we care about each other? Do we care about each other enough to talk about the Bible questions that Pastor Sam writes for small group time? Or do we care enough about each other to share our lives as well? See, getting personal sucks, doesn't it? Getting personal sucks because it forces us to talk about the personal things the deep down things, our private lives, our relationships and emotions, rather than talking about the public persona that we make for ourselves. I was thinking about the fact that lots of times when you're walking by somebody at school, it'd be like, hey, how's it going? Fine. How Good. What, what's wrong? Nothing. We do that all the time. I, I do that all the time at work with people I work with. I see people at work more than I see Mel some weeks. And yet when they walk past my office and they know something's wrong, I'm happy to say, fine. You know, nothing's wrong. Am I willing to get real with those people? To belong is to get real about who we are, to care about people enough to share our lives with each other. And here's the thing, our words have to match our actions. They have to line up. We have to be willing to not only say, hey, I want to share with you, but to actually share we have to be willing to be vulnerable, to be real, to be authentic, to allow others to do the same. It'd be one thing for me to tell all of you that I want to have a place to belong in our youth ministry, but then never actually share with you the things that are going on, going on in my lives. My life, never sh- share with you um, personal stories like, like when I was in elementary school or, or tell you that today I had a really crappy day. I was really frustrated, and I kicked a box in my office. I was really upset. I was just stressed out and frustrated. But it'd be easy for me to get up here and just be like, yeah, everything was cool today. It was fine. It was good. But it wasn't. I'm good now because I, had, I, had, I prayed and I had God walking with me through those things. But here's the thing. I can't talk about creating a place where you guys belong and you can be real and you can be authentic without me being able to share things with you as well. But getting personal sucks. Getting personal <laughs> means that we should be open to make the first move, to be the person that shares something. We talked last week about sharing your story. And I told you that each and every one of you has a very specific story and a very important story, that God hasn't created you or, or had you in situations for no reason. And the thought that came to me today as I was thinking about this was, The thing I told you last week, that sometimes you think that you're the only person going through a situation. You're the only person that has this problem. You're the first person in the world to encounter this. And you're scared to share that with somebody or to open up about that. But I've found that the minute that I do open up about that, I find that that problem is more common than I think it is. That there's more people that have went through that. That there's more people that are willing to support me and be there for me and talk with me and see how they dealt with it. Or I can help them to see how I dealt with those things. Getting personal sucks, but we need to do that. Sometimes we need to make the first move. The next point is this, that there are strangers and outsiders. Here are two very real facts that I believe. I believe that there are students in our city who don't know that there are places and places to meet where they can belong. Now, I want to be clear that we're talking about our youth ministry, but we're also talking about you guys and how this affects you. And you guys can create places, not necessarily in these four walls, you can create places in, your, in the hallways at your school, in your garage, in your cul-de-sac, or on your street, in the park, at the mall, over a group text message. You can create spaces where you can be authentic and real with your friends. We, we want to be a part of that as a youth ministry. I, I would love for your friends to come and hang out and have fun, but this doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all. This doesn't have to be the place where people finally open up. You can open up and talk to people wherever you are. I also believe that no matter who you are, what you've done, what your history is, your hang-ups are, what your preconceived ideas are, I believe that God wants each and every person to be a part of his family his tribe, his crew, or his squad. And there is no greater example of this than Jesus, who made very bold choices when he, with his time on earth. Choices that showed how far he was willing to go in belonging, in showing that people belong. There's a story in, in Luke about a man named Zacchaeus. Who's heard this story before? Okay, Zacchaeus was a short, a wee little man, they say in a song. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, someone that was hated by the community that he was a part of. He was the chief tax collector, and he was very wealthy, and people uh, didn't like him because he was like a swindler, and he took money from people. Being a tax collector in those days was like the worst thing that you could be for a career. Um, And so Zacchaeus is waiting on the streets to see Jesus. He's heard stories about Jesus. Jesus is coming down. Um, the street, he's going through the city, and Zacchaeus decides to get up in this tree so he can get a better view because he's a wee little man. And and Jesus stops and looks at Zacchaeus and says, I want to go to your house. I want to stay at your house. Get down from the tree and let's go. And people look at Jesus because they know who Zacchaeus is and they say, why is he doing this? They're they judging Jesus for his decisions. They're looking at him in, a, in an odd way. They're wondering why he wants to spend any time with this tax collector. And Zacchaeus has this reaction. He says, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount Zacchaeus just comes to this this sidewalk, ready to just see who this Jesus is about. And Jesus stops and takes time to call him out to find a stranger and an outsider to 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 who God is, and say, "Hey, I want to make time for you. I want to talk to you. I want to I want to come to your house for a meal." And here's the thing: Jesus had disciples, and if you think about the disciples, you think, "Oh, they're these really spiritual and holy people." They were like fishermen. One of them was a tax collector. These were like rough and tumble people. They weren't the most wealthy. They weren't the most popular. But these were the people that Jesus decided to make a part of his squad. He handpicked these people to hang out with him. And he invites all of us to be a part of that, no matter who we are or where we're from or what we've done. So who are you choosing to spend your time with? to share your life with, not only spending your life with, but sharing your life. Are these people, the, are there people in your life that you should be reaching out to? I know if I think back to high school, there's probably people that I should have talked to, that God was prompting me to say something to, and there was opportunities that I missed. And I'm, I'm not telling you that you have to like, go and find the first person you don't know at school tomorrow, I'm not saying you have to go to your comfort zone, but I think, even if I think of my own life, if I think of the friends that me and Mel have, there's people in our lives that I have avoided talking to them about God. I've been worried about their reaction. And they are still strangers and outsiders to God's story and God's plan. And I've been more and more convicted of that as I've been writing this talk and preparing. That there's people in my own life that I know right now that need to hear... Uh, God's story. and They need to hear my story. They need to hear the difference that God's made in my life. We want people to have the opportunity to become friends and insiders and not stay strangers and outsiders. The last point is this. That there is a common thread to all of this. There's a common thread for each one of us that call ourselves Christian. The common thread is God. God is the common thread that brings meaning to our squad. That's why we talked about knowing him at the beginning. That it's his acceptance and love that ultimately matters. And for us to share t- f- with others, to be accepting of others, that should flow naturally out of knowing God. And that is ultimately God who calls us into his family, calls us to belong together in community. Listen to this verse here, Ephesians two seventeen to 20 He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. He's talking about Jesus. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. There was a point, if you're a Christian... For all of us that are Christians, there was a point that we were all strangers and outsiders. And for some of us, maybe like me, I gave my life to Christ when I was three years old. I don't really remember what it was like to be a stranger and outsider. I just remember what it's like to be an insider and a friend with God. To be a part of his squad. But if you think about how good it is, how much better it is to be a part of God's squad or crew. okay? Think about who you need to tell, who's a stranger and an outsider still so that they can be no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people. We are going to talk about God at this youth ministry. That is, that is a promise. But we want to be accepting of others and their uniqueness because God has accepted us. I want our youth ministry to be a place where we can share our lives and our stories, where students like you can come no matter who you are, You can find a place where you don't have to try hard to be someone that you're not, but that you can be yourself, quirks and all. Where we can share the good things that are happening and the hard things in life. That we can be a place where we can be real with each other. Where we can know, where we can act, where we can serve, where we can share, and ultimately a place where we can belong. Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. God, like I always pray, I thank you for all of the fun and the craziness that we can have on Tuesday nights, God. I thank you um, for this church, that we have the ability to have a youth ministry, for each and every student that you've brought here tonight, God. We just thank you for this idea of belonging, that each of us fight against these ideas of isolation and rejection and insecurity and even failing, God but that you want us to live in community god will we be bold enough to share our lives with each other that because you have loved us so much because you have called us to be insiders in your crew that that we would share that love with others god and it won't always be it won't always be met with with favor with with people being happy about what we're saying, God, but we want to be faithful in sharing the good news with other people, God. We just thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. Just be with us now as we head to our small group time. In your name, amen.